Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am sitting in the office of my parents' place. I'm in my squeaky chair. I'm probably here to squeak a little bit. And I am having the time of my life. So um, I don't think I've given maybe a full life update here, but basically my wife and I have moved out of our house. Uh, We're renting it out while we moved to Jamaica. And our flights are still about a week away. So we are living with my parents in the meantime, which has been a blast, actually. I'm really enjoying it. And then we'll be in Jamaica um, for 10 days at her parents' place, and then we have an apartment lined up for October. So lots of transition and crazy things going on here, and uh, a bunch of you have sent me messages just wishing me well uh, with the move and everything, and I I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And um, one of the things I've always set out to in this podcast is just to be transparent. Um, You know, uh, Gary Vee, I think, is the one who said there's two kinds of podcasts you can have. You can either do... Uh, documentation or content curation and um, I love curated content you know I think that's kind of where I gravitate towards naturally but when I looked at sort of what was necessary in this space and what was really going to help guys the most it was really clear to me that actually documentation was going to be much more effective so part of that means that you get to hear little random updates about my life and kind of what I'm up to and sometimes it's boring and mundane and sometimes I got exciting things to tell people like I'm moving to Jamaica look at me isn't that so cool so uh so here we are anyway I'm I'm gonna just dive right into today's content which is uh dealing with exes you know it's interesting and I've I've mentioned this for other topics before as well but uh there come times in in this I don't know in this I guess work of this line of work where you see certain subjects arise on a kind of regular basis and they kind of come in waves. I mean, there's very few things that actually stick for a really long time, but you just have waves. You know, um, I think about like the spring this year and and kind of into the summer and like all the questions we were getting and inquiries were around nighttime and nightlife. Now, that one's a little bit different because honestly, that's just an ongoing issue for guys. That's something we'll be talking about probably for a very long time, but even then there were still seasons where it was accentuated. Um, and, you know, y- you have different subjects come come in and go and whatever else. But uh, lately, the soup du jour seems to be dealing with exes. And so I, I thought it would be a good idea to talk a little bit about it um, because it can really mess you up. You know, dealing with your ex is not always the most fun thing in the world. And, um, and especially if you have sexual history with them, uh, then, you know, there's a whole layer of like dealing with the fantasies right and the memories and and what are you supposed to do like is there something terribly wrong with you for having these things and you don't want to be with that person anymore so how do you get rid of them and uh, you know all that kind of stuff it's a little bit complicated isn't it so the goal of today is to to dive into this a little bit now let me just give a, a little bit of background so that you kind of know where I'm coming from um I really only was in one other serious relationship before I got married. And in that relationship, uh, we were sexually active. So we didn't have intercourse per se, but we basically engaged in everything else. 
so at the time it was fine like I kind of told myself oh it's fine you know I'm, I'm not having intercourse it doesn't count or you know whatever we do all these silly little things to kind of um, I don't know just to, to, to justify bad behavior you guys know what I'm talking about um, but afterwards it was like really clear this was this was a huge mistake and um, and in hindsight I re- I wished I would have you know just worked harder to protect the boundaries but I was so enthralled with uh, experiencing sexual intimacy and you know I think just feeling like a man and feeling like I had a badge of honor by by doing that um, that I just kind of compromised I compromised on my boundaries so you know that was 19 year old Sathya and um, that's of the past but that that is my experience and I, I'm I say that just so that you know where I'm coming from when we talk about dealing with exes I have an ex I've had these experiences and it comes from that place in addition to coaching really hundreds of guys through this thing and this these were things I helped guys with long before we launched deep clean I mean this has been a, an ongoing issue um, in my my friends lives for a very long time so um, again, we're, we're not perfect. Uh, we don't have it all figured out, but I hope that what we offer you today is going to give you some insight uh, for those of you who are dealing with exes. And I, I specifically listed three things in the title, fantasies, boundaries, and healing. So I'm going to use my story a, a lot along the way just to kind of give you, I don't know, a little bit of a sense of kind of what um, what my process has been like. And to let you know that probably some of the things you thought were so messed up are not really that crazy. So, um, for starters, uh, my ex cheated on me. So that's what ultimately ended the relationship. Now, in previous episodes, we talked about attachment theory. And some of my attachment patterns were so dysfunctional. And I can look back on that relationship and see it, you know, like plain as day. But, um... I think it really became apparent when I found out she cheated on me and I still wanted to be with her. And this was after, you know, going on breaks and the relationship was totally dysfunctional, but I was so scared of, of disconnection. I kind of had this, um, I'm trying to think of the word now, um, like anxious attachment that I was, I was really scared to detach. I was scared to lose the relationship. So I stuck around way longer than I should have, but eventually it ended and really it was, it was because uh, I got cheated on and the damage was done and it was going to be really hard to repair the relationship. So that that is kind of where everything started. Um, now, I struggled with pornography before the relationship and then we got into the, the relationship and we're sexually active. So I no longer need to watch porn because I'm getting my release elsewhere. And I kind of foolishly told myself, I'm free, I'm free, I'm good to go. No, uh, not true at all. Probably about three weeks after the relationship ended, I was just back to my old ways, watching and gratifying and um, losing control of that area of my life because the root of lust was still there. And some of the deeper roots like, uh, you know, feelings of rejection and neglect and a lack of emotional intimacy, those things were just wreaking havoc on my sexual behavior unbeknownst to me. So it took me time. Uh, to kind of realize what I was dealing with. But um, when I when I was really struggling with porn and masturbation and it was after the relationship and I hadn't found freedom and I didn't know what I was doing, um, I would struggle a lot with fantasies around my ex because those were meaningful sexual experiences to me. And even though I wanted to forget them, and when I was in moments where I was really seeking that release, uh, that is where my brain would often go. And sometimes I would give in and sometimes I would be able to resist, um, but it was fantasy about something else. So, you know, not necessarily that much better. 
Um, now, I say all this just to let you know that I, I know what it's like to deal with. And I think one of the things that's really important to note about human beings, and um, in yesterday's episode, we talked about the different parts of our brains and how they all serve their different roles. And what separates humans from any other animal on the planet is our prefrontal cortex, that, that front part of our brain. Now, specifically, the value of the prefrontal cortex is it allows us to rationalize and to reason. And maybe most importantly, it allows us to assign meaning. So uh, some people, you know, they just freak out anytime something about their ex comes up because it's like, oh my gosh, I had another fantasy, like I was fantasizing about my ex and I just, you know, I don't think I'm over her and I'm just really messed up, man, and I can't get over it and, you know, yada, 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 yada. Or it's like, um, it's like, oh man, I still, I still remember my ex's birthday, man. Like, I just don't know why I can't get over her. Well, maybe you just have a good memory for birthdays. Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to mean that you're not over your ex. Like I could actually tell you all the girls I've been interested in over the years and I could tell you their birthdays, birth dates and birth years, like without even thinking twice about it. I'm that kind of guy. Like I have a good memory for those things, but just because I remember them doesn't mean that they mean something to me. But again, how you assign meaning really matters. So when a fantasy comes up regarding an ex, the first thing you have to understand is that your brain has simply remembered that this was meaningful. Now your brain hasn't caught up that it's no longer meaningful to you. All it remembers is that it was meaningful, past tense. And your your brain doesn't know the difference. The only part of your brain that can actually delineate time is the prefrontal cortex. That That's the time tracker. But the other parts of your brain have no, no sense of time. Past, present, future, they all intermingle and it all feels present. So when you have a fantasy come up, it feels real in the moment. Your brain can't make the distinction. Uh, pardon me, parts of your brain cannot make that distinction, but your prefrontal cortex can. Now the second thing is how you assign meaning to it. If you conclude that something is messed up with you because um, you know the fantasies come up with your ex, well, it's going to be pretty hard to fight that. If the sign that you're over your ex is that you, you no longer have any thoughts about them ever, that might be a hard sell. But where you want to start first, I, I think you can get there. So I, I'm not trying to make it say, like, sound like it's impossible. Totally possible. But I guess what I'm trying to say is where you want to start is you want to dismantle the way you're assigning meaning. Because as your brain starts to disconnect meaning with that person, it's going to think about it less and less. There's going to be fewer and fewer reasons for your brain to go there. So that, that's where all of this starts. It's that we, we want to be very careful. Just because memories are coming up, just because fantasies are coming up, means very little. So I, I'll be honest. Like When I got married and now I'm sexually active again after being sexually inactive for about, I don't know, uh, well, with another person for about eight years and with myself because I did struggle with porn and masturbation until 2016, um, you know, I guess by the time I got married, it was about three and a half years. So three and a half years with no sexual release. So suddenly I'm engaging in sexual behavior again. Again, now it's, it's not solo. There's another person involved. So of course those old memories are going to come up and there were plenty, plenty and plenty and plenty of those, of those memories and experiences. So yeah, they, they came up. Now I have a chance to respond 
and how you assign meaning to them matters significantly. Now, I knew that when they were coming up, it was just it was just old wiring. It's just old circuitry. And if I panicked, I'd reinforce the wiring. But if I can tell myself, this is just old wiring, it'll go away eventually, then guess what? I get to move on with my day and it goes away eventually. And that's exactly what happened. Now, I still have, you know, random thoughts come up here and there. There's certain things that, um, you know, are triggering or there's neural associations there. And it's fine. As long as I keep dismantling the meaning, I'm good to go. Now, you might say, but Sathya, but it's, I can't just dismantle the meaning because that was actually meaningful. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, maybe I should be with my ex again or, or you know, maybe there's nobody else who's out there for me or, or is the next time I'm with someone going to be as special? That's all panic. <laughs> it's all in that category of panic and worry. And remember, as long as you go down that path, you are reinforcing the old wiring. It will be better with someone else. You will get over it. It was meaningful. It doesn't have to be anymore. You get a chance to respond and you get to control how your brain assigns meaning to sexual experiences. Use it carefully. Okay, now I want to talk about two other things. And these are all going to be, basically these are going to be things that ultimately help you rewire your brain after having sexual experiences with an ex. So the sec- so the thing we're talking about, I guess, first is boundaries. Boundaries are critical. And one of the biggest mistakes I see guys making is after a breakup, not really setting clear boundaries. Now, you might set boundaries uh, between yourselves, or you might just set a personal boundary. But either way, you have to set boundaries with how you engage with that person. And you need to be accountable to those boundaries. So don't just trust yourself to do it. Bring somebody else in and say, hey, I need you to ask me about this. I need you to hold me accountable, especially early on. Eventually, it gets easier with time. But initially, you've got to set those boundaries. Now, here's what boundaries are going to do. They are going to protect you. Remember, boundaries always protect are protective in nature. So a, a well-established boundary that is appropriate in its parameters protects everybody involved. So with my ex, um, right after we broke up, she actually moved away for a few months. So my boundary with her was strictly no interaction. I didn't want to text. I didn't want to try to do this. Like, let's just be friends and see what happens and try to make it work. It was like, no, 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 this is done. And I don't want to have any further interaction. Clear boundaries. Generally speaking, I think that's a pretty good way to start. Trying to do this friend thing. um, um, Again, I think it's possible that you can be friends with an ex. I really do. But right off the cuff, it's a really bad idea. Really, really bad. And it it ultimately delays your healing process and it's going to delay you from getting into your next healthier relationship. So just give yourself the boundaries, the clear-cut boundaries initially. Give yourself that space to process, to work through things, to recover. And then you'll quickly find yourself back in a place where you might be able to have that friendship with your ex or maybe you don't want it anymore. Then you can move on with your life. Either way, it's a win. But a lack of boundaries, it's going to keep things messy it's going to stop you from moving forward and moving on with your life. So you want to set clear boundaries. Now, the other thing this does is psychologically, it starts to tell your brain that this relationship is no longer as meaningful. See, when, when the boundaries are blurry, your brain gets confused. It says, wait, I thought we were done with this person. Why are we still interacting with them? And if we're going to interact with them, then why wouldn't we do all the things we were doing before? 
See, your, your brain can't make those distinctions, especially the parts of you that are, are responsible for your sexual drive. They, they can't delineate time. They, they can't tell the difference between past and present. It, everything blurs together. And your brain just has one MO in those moments. So boundaries protect you from even those parts of your brain and those weak moments that we often find ourselves in after a breakup, whether it's you know a, a day after, a month after, a year, or a decade after. Boundaries are really, really critical. And you might be hearing this and realizing, oh my gosh, I haven't set boundaries. It might be time. It might be time. I, I, I don't like to be that guy. It might be time to set boundaries. And they may not understand it, and that's okay. Because in the long run, it's going to serve the both of you better. So boundaries are a huge part of it. So again, I I use the example with my ex. Now, uh, probably about a year later, I reached out to my ex. And and this is where the plot thickens because I still couldn't get over her, still had feelings for her. So I reached out and said, hey, um, I want to take another stab at this. Would would you consider getting back together? She said, "Um, I'm really flattered, but honestly, I'm not in a place to do it. And a week later, she started dating my best friend. So that was a really interesting time and something we could talk about uh, another time. But um, I was really frustrated when it happened because it was like, oh my gosh, like here I am getting burned by the same person again, like cheated on and a year later stabbed in the back and uh, a lot of pain, a lot of uh, frustration and uh, a lot of just like kind of not quite self-loathing. It got, it got pretty close at times, but just being like, what am I doing? Like, why am I why am I trying to engage with this person who clearly is not going to treat me in a way that's that's worthy of who I am? So then there were some pretty rigid boundaries there where it was like, I'm not doing this back and forth. Now, a couple of years later, we did go out for a coffee. We talked through a couple of things. There were some loose ends and um, that was that was pretty helpful. But ultimately, you, you got to be really careful and you want really, um, I would say, pretty stringent boundaries and again, stringent boundaries is does not it it's not doesn't mean you're never gonna be friends again. It doesn't mean you're never gonna have that relationship. It's really just saying for now, this is the best thing. And I'll evaluate later on if there's uh, maybe a time that comes where I can make some adjustments. Now, lastly, and maybe most importantly, when it comes to dealing with exes, is you must heal. Okay? So what does that mean? Uh, well, for Sathya, dealing with his ex, it meant forgiving her. Forgiving her for cheating on me, forgiving her for lying to me, forgiving her for um, for really not being uh, just true in the relationship, uh, forgiving her for misusing my trust, it meant forgiving her for for dating my best friend, for stabbing me behind the back. I mean, there there was a huge list, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long the list is. It doesn't matter how deep it cut. Seventy times seven, right? Like you you forgive. And you, you don't do it to benefit them, it's for yourself first. Because I knew that if I lived in unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment, it was only going to damage my future relationships. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to come in with the baggage. Did it take time to get there? Yeah. Probably, probably honestly, if I'm being completely honest, it probably took me about three years. Three years after we broke up where I could finally say like, okay, I don't really think about her that much. When I think about her, I don't feel angry. And, I, and my heart of hearts genuinely want what's best for her. Three years. It took me three years to get there. And that was a relationship that only lasted about, I think we were together 13 or 14 months. So it, it can take time. Now, um, 
I'm a huge proponent of forgiveness. I will always trumpet that message. Another really important part of healing, um, especially if you've had sexual interaction with somebody, is breaking soul ties. And, and we'll have to do another episode on it. We don't have time to get into it today. Breaking soul ties is critical. And it can actually expedite a lot of the healing journey. Um, for me, that wasn't actually my experience. I felt like it, it was useful. It wasn't some like miraculous breakthrough moment. But other people have done it and have had tremendous healing and tremendous resolution come from breaking soul ties. So that's a really big part of it. And the last thing I would say is that you want to really, um, you want to do a thorough analysis of any damaging conclusions you may have drawn from your previous relationship. So it could be things like, all, all women are going to hurt me. I can't trust women. It could be that... Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another example. You know, it could be that uh, relationships aren't worth the hassle. It could be that, um, you know, dating women of a certain demographic or a certain age group or from a certain, I don't know, branch of Christianity or a certain church, they're all bad news. So the last part of healing is vetting those damaging conclusions and and really making sure you're dealing with them and, and, and ultimately replacing them with the truth. Uh, because if you don't do this, you are going to take your faulty beliefs, you're going to take your bitterness and your resentment into your next relationship and it's going to do more harm than good. So those those conclusions that, you know, kind of give you that justification like, yeah, you know, at least I have something to hold on to. Um, it's only hurting you in the long run. So yeah, you're going to have to let go of your ex. <laughs> you're going to have to forgive them, uh, even if they did you wrong. Yeah, you're going to have to forgive them. You know, um, talking about the whole sexual experience thing, like, I had to forgive my ex because she was the one who really um, drove that, you know, and actually she would have been very happy having sex if I wasn't, if I didn't put my foot down and draw a line somewhere. And obviously I, I didn't draw it quite in the right place, but I had to forgive her for that as well. Now, the point of, of boundaries and healing is that when you do both of these things together, it diminishes the meaning of that relationship. And ultimately it's going to reduce your propensity or your, your bend towards fantasies. So that's why you go through these processes because it, it helps your heart detach and it helps your brain rewire. And it allows you to go into relationships or to experience your current relationships without the baggage from the past. So this is a really big deal. Now, um, the, 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 ultimate, um, the ultimate marker of really recovering from dealing with your exes is twofold. Number one, it means that you in your heart of hearts can wish the best for them. So it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter how deep they cut you. doesn't matter how many times they wronged you. It means that when you think about them, you think about their life, you wish the absolute best and nothing but the best. And I can honestly say with my ex, I'm in that place. So even my own family sometimes is like, oh, you know, her name comes up and whatever. And like, oh, geez, you know, like they kind of roll their eyes. That's not my response when I hear her name. I feel joy in my heart towards her. And I legitimately want what's best for her and nothing less. That's marker number one. And marker number two is that if you were to interact with them, you could have a civil interaction and you could walk away. And if there were, you know, some feelings or some fantasies or things that came up, you could dissipate them quickly. Those are the two markers you're looking for. That's kind of the goal. And I hope that all the things I'm mentioning in between here help you reach that goal. That's kind of the goal here. So just remember, if, if you have you know exes, uh, you're dealing with fantasies, uh, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Just relax. It's normal. And they can be overcome. 
what you really want to do is uh, you want to set some boundaries and then you want to go on a healing journey. Healing that should be marked by forgiveness, by breaking soul ties, and uh, resolving damaging conclusions and replacing them with the truth. And if you do those things, uh, it's going to detach your heart from that person, it's going to rewire your brain, and it's going to gradually reduce your experience of fantasies and, and the like with your exes. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope this has helped you. And if you're dealing with this, uh, I encourage you, start applying this stuff immediately. Uh, get, get some help that you need. Talk to a therapist. Uh, you know, whatever. What, however it is that you kind of go about your healing journey, do it. It's going to work wonders for you and for your future relationships. I promise you will not regret it. Trust me, being married now, I'm so glad. So glad I did all these things before I got into another relationship. It... um. It spared me. It spared me a lot of pain and spared my wife uh, a lot of hardship and a lot of anguish as well. Our, our marriage is healthy. Um, I talk about my ex pretty freely and she doesn't feel threatened. She doesn't feel like it really matters um, because it doesn't. Because I have been able to detach meaning from that relationship, from that person. So we can talk about it and it's very cordial and quite casual to be honest. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this helps you. And um, if there's any further questions you have about this, I put my contact information in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you there. And hey, if you're looking for a little bit more help, maybe uh, with fantasies, uh, maybe it's it's causing uh, a lot of sexual misbehavior in your life, porn addiction, uh, maybe a problem with masturbation or something else, uh, check out my website. You can book a free strategy call. I'd love to jump on the phone and um, just hear about your situation and see if we have a program here that's going to be useful for you. And if you're not quite there, um, then you can go to ultimaterecoveryguide.com and that will get your hands on a free ebook with my best practices that help you not only get free pornography but stay free long term. That's ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Much love to all of you. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.